several scriptures to read to you today. Uh, it is famous for this time of year. As those who know we've been here the last three Sundays, I have been taking a classic Christmas story and relating it to our life where we are. Um, the first Sunday of December, I used the classic It's a Wonderful Life. Um, last Sunday, I used the classic Dr. Seuss story of The Grinch. Today, I have us another one. So, Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. It is several verses, so bear with me. It's very familiar. Some of us can quote it, but doubt if you was in the Christmas play, you probably had read this if you was ever an angel at one time or something. So here we go. It came to pass in those days that there went out the decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth of Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. And there was in the same country abiding shepherds, the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Aren't you glad a Savior was born? Amen. The Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swollen clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go and leave it to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They came, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they had made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Lord, the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful people that's here today. Just thank you so much, God. You're a good God. You're a mighty God. I ask that you would help us, God, as we um, enter into this time, God, together, that you would help me, God, to help someone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just read to you the classic, what we call the Christmas story. But that's what Christmas is really all about. There's a story today. Bah humbug. No doubt you've heard that. The Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge. 
He's a mean, intimidating character. He lives only to make money. He's a man who has he had no time for patience, for religion, or for anyone being sentimental of any sort, especially when it comes to Christmas. And then one uh, Christmas Eve, he receives a terrifying wake-up call. Is visited by the spirit of his dead business partner, Jacob Marley. He's visited um, by Marley, and Marley was a miser just as Scrooge was. And he had been condemned to roam the face of the earth, tormented by the things he neglected to value in life. Marley was condemned to drag behind him the long chains that he had forged in his life. And he, in desperation to give his old colleague a final chance to avoid the same fate that he had, this is Scrooge's last opportunity to turn from his ignorant, selfish, greedy ways. To turn from his materialistic money-making business and, and begin making humanity his business as we should. And Marley warns him that he is going to be visited by three, three ghosts. The ghost of Christmas past, of present, and of future. No doubt most everyone in this building recognizes this as the classic story of Christmas Carol. It's a novel written by Charles Dickens. Matter of fact, they just come out this year with a new story about how Charles Dickens wrote this story. It was pretty interesting. It was first published in London by Chapman and Hall in 1843. It has been a beloved Christmas story for over 150 years. And today it is still uh, very popular. No doubt some of you may have already uh, visited the Christmas story, whether you've seen it, read it, or whatever. Uh, and probably, if I was betting, someone in here probably has at least used the phrase bah humbug this year already. But today, I use this classic story as a launching pad for my sermon. Today, I want to talk to you about the real Christmas carol. All right? The real Christmas Carol. At one point in this story, uh, the narrator says, what if you were given a second chance to get your life right? In this classic story, the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future comes and gives Mr. Scrooge that second chance. In those words, it, it summarizes the whole Christmas message, Brother David, about a second chance. The whole meaning behind the story that I read out of the Bible today, Luke, about Jesus coming to this earth and, and the babe coming to the manger, the God that we know wrapping himself in flesh and, and walking upon this earth, coming as this babe to, to eventually become our Savior, dying for our sins on the cross. This, this whole purpose of this the real Christmas story, Brother Donnie, it's all about giving humanity a second chance. And today I want to explore um, the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future to help us rediscover. And one's a very familiar and comfortable story 
about the God of second chances. Amen. Anybody glad to have a second chance? I am. Amen. I'm thankful to have a second chance. Third, fourth. Well, I'm glad for it. Amen. And I'm not going to stand here and pretend today that I, that I believe that there's a Christmas ghost of past, present, and future by no means, okay? The only ghost I really know well is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but we all do have a past. And we are living in the present. And every one of us has a future. And this classic story is very powerful when we put it in perspective of the, of the Bible in our lives and where we are today. So if I could relate this story to us today, and I could talk to us to help us understand what Christmas is really about today. A real Christmas carol, not a um, story that Charles Dickens wrote back in the mid-1800s. But I do want to use this story. The ghost of Christmas past comes to Scrooge and he takes him back through time to confront Mr. Scrooge with the pain and the agony of Christmases that had gone by for him. You see this spirit takes Scrooge to a schoolroom to where they see a lonely little boy sitting by the fire whose only companion that Mr. Scrooge has and if you've seen the show or read the book, whichever, you'll perhaps remember some of this. And, and if you haven't, I, you know, it'd be good things. Just sit down, especially after I do this today. And maybe you'll think about it in a totally different way. But uh, you, you see a lonely boy sitting by a fire reading a book. And, and as Christmas past takes him to his past, he remembers how. He had been rejected by his father because he blamed him for the death of his mother who died giving birth to Mr. Scrooge. And Scrooge remembers how Christmas after Christmas as the other children went home for holidays he was left alone and he was deserted. He remembers his childhood loneliness. He remembers his childhood pain. He remembers how he had longed for the presence and warmth of friends. Mr. Scrooge remembers how he had longed for the love and acceptance of his own family. Then the spirit whisks him off and shows him his former fiance, Belle, a woman who had once loved deeply, but who had come um, a second passion to Mr. Scrooge because of his love for the money that he was making. And a golden idol called a gold coin or silver coin, whatever may be the case that he was making, she complains to him from the past as he and says that golden idol had displaced and replaced her. And they travel from Christmas to Christmas. Scrooge is faced time and time again with his broken relationships, his rejections, with his loneliness. There's no doubt in my mind today, I know some of you have been around you long enough. You've told me the stories. There's people in this building today that we have Christmases that we would rather forget. We've got past that we would rather forget today. But the truth of the matter is, everything that we've endured in our past, Brother Donnie, it has forged our present to where we are today. The things that we are today are we things that we are not. 
We either blame it on our past or it actually is because of our past. Every one of us in this building has past. And the past can be haunting. And the past can also be uh, joyful. But it seems like I was talking to somebody yesterday and, and I was talking to them and said, you know what? It seemed as if so many times we focus on the negatives of our life and not on the positives of our life. It seems like it's so easy to focus on that negative thing that happened in our past versus that positive thing that happened in our life. And we we have the Christmas passes in our lives. And, and you know, there, there's, there's thousands of people like Scrooge today who, who we find celebrating Christmas this year is going to be very difficult because of the failed and the broken relationships of past. And because of the painful memories that each Christmas time brings broken families, broken friendships, uh, the past of thinking about a loved one that that blamed something on them, or a loved them that for I, I'm sorry if I'm bringing up any painful memories today, or maybe that person who violated your body, maybe molested you and, and took advantage of you, and it is it's forged your life and it's changed your life. So when you think about the past, your your broken families, and it's just too much pain. It's just too much loss. There's too much rejection in your life, and yet Christmas time is a time of hope. It's a it's a time of joy. It's a time of, of reconciliation, and, and 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 there's a Christmas past that echoes down through the pages of history. Not just Christmas past, brother brother Donnie, but just our past period that that's reaching out to us, and it's in it's timeless message. It it haunts us every day of our life, and we we think about the failed uh, relationships we've had, and it's still bombarding us, or the loved one that's not there no more and it, it's still it, it's still with us and it hurts and, and we don't know what to do with it and it, it haunts us every day and it torments us and, and we can't seem to get into our, our present or live in our present or even think about our future because we're so locked up in our past this being the case I know this is a fictional story of Mr. Scrooge I know it's a fictional story but Brother Donnie it is written Absolutely, with many of us in mind. Because there's many of us sitting in this building today, just as Mr. Scrooge didn't want nothing to do with Christmas, is because of what Christmas reminded him of. He, he didn't want, didn't have a good relationship with people because he didn't have a good relationship with his dad and his mama wasn't there for him. So everything in his past, he never would let uh, his future be uh, be something that of greatness or, or something that uh, what the meaning of real Christmas was all about be able to help him and that's what people sitting in this building and all across this world is today they can't get beyond their past so they can't live in the future with happiness and they can't even think about their future brother Donnie because of the past is just haunting them but if we travel back farther than the history of our own Christmas past and we father go back farther than when the story of Scrooge was written in the mid-1800s. And we go all the way back and travel back and revisit that very first Christmas and just a little over 2,000 years ago. If we were to gaze upon that first nativity scene and, and that, that, that Christ child, Jesus, being born in Bethlehem, lying in a manger, then, then all of our Christmas fears and all of our disappointments, would they would all be uh, uh, dispelled. They would all become filled 
with hope. When we looked in the eyes of that baby, we realized that something different was about him. Hallelujah. And on that night that Jesus was born, and the angels appeared to the shepherds and, and descended to them and telling them, hey, there's good news in the city of David and Bethlehem. There's a Savior that's being born. Hallelujah. There's good news to all people. Hallelujah. For that, that the, for the young and for the old, for the rich and for the poor, for the Jew and for the Greek and for the Gentile. You and me, everyone here today, Jesus has come. God in the flesh to save us from our sins and, and his birth wipes away clean our past. Hallelujah. I don't care what your past is today. I don't care if it was you that messed up or someone else that messed you up today. His birth wipes our past away. Hallelujah. All of our pain, all of our sorrow, all of our rejection, all of our broken relationship, all of our hearts, all of our pains. Hallelujah. Wrapped up in him. He came for us. John 3.16 declares, hallelujah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's hope, hallelujah, and a promise. There may be you, you might have a past, but there's a past beyond you, hallelujah. But Jesus was born, hallelujah, in a manger. Oh, come on, he didn't stay in that manger. He became, hallelujah, the ultimate sacrifice for us. That is the hope and the promise of Christmas past. Hallelujah. The hope and the promise of God. The God of second chances. Today, I don't care what your past is. I don't care if it was you that done something that messed things up. I don't care if it was somebody else that you loved dearly that done something that messed you up. Today, you can drop that stuff. Come on, the best lesson you can learn about your past is to turn to the classic uh, 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 cartoon of the Lion King. When Rafiki took his uh, stick and he smacked Simba on the head and Simba looked at him and he said, what was that for? He said, it doesn't matter, it's in the past. You see, there's absolutely nothing you can do about what happened in you in the past. It's done happened. It's done come. It's done gone. You might have made a mistake or somebody else might have mistake, made a mistake. But Sister Lord, the bottom line, the only good the past really is for us is to learn from our mistakes and pick up from where we are and go on into our future. And Jesus let us know when he came, hallelujah, he let us know, listen, you may have a past, but I'm giving you a future. You may have a past, but I'm going to wipe that out. With a, I talked about the blood today. Everything that's in our past, when we go down in the name of a Jesus, Christ and the remission of sins in the, in the baptism tank. Everything is wiped out. Everything is clean. I was thinking about baptism this week and I was thinking about your mother sister Linda in the storefront church. I'll never forget that day to the day that I'll die. Hallelujah. When we baptized her in that storefront church and when she went down in that water hallelujah that horse tank we had inside that storefront church. When she went down in that water and Sister Jerry when she come up she said this this smile on her face. She turned around and looked and she said, I have never felt so clean in my entire life. That's what Jesus will do to your past. He'll wipe your past out. He'll decimate it. He'll destroy it. But as long as you're reaching back into the past and you're hanging on to it, you can never truly reach forward and get into your future. We've got to let the past go. And Mr. Scrooge wouldn't let it go. Was he hurt? Yes, he was hurt. Did he have a probably right to be angry at his dad for uh, uh, blaming his mother's death on him because he was born? She died at his birth? 
no doubt we're human, folks. On our best day, we're human, and we're going to be human, okay? But Christmas past, try to let him know that you can't let your past affect your present. That's exactly what Christmas past done to Mr. Scrooge. He brought him back to his house. Before too long, Mr. Scrooge had another visitor. It was the ghost of Christmas present. What became very evident that Mr. Scrooge was a product of his history, as all of us are here today. Scrooge was a product of Christmas and past things had gone by. And so when the second visit, the second spirit came to visit Mr. Scrooge, the ghost of Christmas present, the spirit come to give him an opportunity to see what his life was truly like in the here and now. The spirit takes him to the home of his employee, Bob Cratchit, where despite the poverty in Bob Cratchit's home, we're still filled with joy, compassion, love for one another. A home where, as they sit down at their very meagerly Christmas dinner, Bob Cratchit still takes the time and share a toast to his greedy and selfish, miserable boss, Mr. Scrooge. The one who kept him in poverty because he could have paid him more, but yet he didn't. But yet, Bob Cratchit was still thankful for what he did have. And not despising what he didn't have. He's shown the home of his nephew, Mr. Scrooge. Nephew, the only person alive who has left any affection for Mr. Scrooge whatsoever. And even though that affection is totally undeserved, but year after year, his nephew would come and invite Mr. Scrooge to go share the joy and the happiness of Christmas with him and his wife. And year after year, Scrooge rejected that invitation because he was living in his past. But still, the nephew invited him. He goes to Christmas present, shows Scrooge exactly what he had become. The hardness and the callousness of his heart. His, dismiss, his uh, dismissal of the uh, poverty. His dismissal of the needs of the people around him that he could help. He showed him his total disregard, his total uh, disdain for humanity itself. He tried to justify his actions by the money that he had earned, no doubt, and how successful he was, but the things that counted, the things that really mattered, he was nothing and had nothing. The Ghost of Christmas Present shows Mr. Scrooge that even though he, he um, was hard-hearted and that he was bitter and that he was twisted, and he seemed to be beyond redemption. Despite all that, the Spirit shows him that others still loved him and had not given up on him. And I tell you today, that's, that's the promise of what Christmas gives us today in the present. Amen. 
Every Christmas, we need to be reminded that no matter how bad we are, no matter how selfish we are, no matter how greedy we are, no matter how rebellious you and I may get, no matter how much we may reject Jesus, He still loves us and He's never going to give up. What Christmas, what Jesus is really all about, because that's what Christmas is really all about. People talk about Jesus is the reason for the season. No, Jesus is the reason, period. And, and I know it's Christmas, so we're talking about it, we're thinking about it, but Christmas is a time for love. It's a time for joy. It's a time for peace. It's time for us to have goodwill towards all men, not just Christmas, but every day. 12 months a year, 365 days a year, 24-7, folks, every day. It should be love, joy, and peace and goodwill to men because that's what Jesus came to do, do for us. Scrooge was like so many of us in our generation, so self-centered, so bitter for his past, so focused on materialistic things, motivated by uh, what the fact that he had lost sight of all that really and completely mattered. And if you're not careful before long, we become critical. We become Scrooges in our generation. Every one of us is capable of falling into that same trap. Maybe not for the fact that Brother Lord, I'm not rich like Mr. Scrooge. But let me tell you what, you don't have to be rich to be self-centered, okay? You don't have to be rich to be a Scrooge. Because everything that Scrooge was is all this stuff that I just read. He was selfish and greedy and rebellious. It didn't mean that he was just selfish about his money. He was selfish about himself, period. He wouldn't let nobody into his life. He wouldn't let nobody into his world. Not even Jesus could get inside his That's how people are right now today. Selfish and greedy with ourselves. You know what? I've been hurt enough. You're not going to hurt me. Nobody else is going to hurt. I talked about it a few minutes ago. We build walls up and we don't want nobody to hurt us. And we'll keep everything and anything out. And that's what the Scrooge of our generation is trying to do. I'm not going to let anybody in my life. I'm not, I, you know what? I don't have time for anything and anybody. I'm going to take care of me and me only. Let me tell you what. The best way to take care of you is try your best, hallelujah, to help somebody else in this world. Because what you got, you're not going to keep, hallelujah. You, want, you come into this world naked, and you're going to leave this world naked. So the best we can do is everything that God gives us, you give back. A special offering last Sunday night. Jake and went and preached last Sunday morning in, in Sturgis, and they give him a. Uh, actually, a, I was kind of surprised with the offering they give him. They give him a pretty nice little offering for him going to preaching for them. A special uh, offering Sunday night. Jake can give every bit of it in the offering. Amen. Didn't keep a dime of it. He got his check this week. Cheryl said I got a message from her work and said he, she heard a, a noise in there and he was like making some. Woo, yeah, just happy noises. And he had double of what he thought he was getting on his check. Amen. Amen. See, when you're willing to give, God always gives back. When you're willing to give, not just of your money, but of yourself and of your time, give to the kingdom of God. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in the word of God that it makes you stronger, that you can make somebody else stronger. Let me tell you what, the best way to help somebody else is to help yourself by making you grow stronger. Because when you grow, don't 
don't you go by yourself. Reach back and bring somebody else along the journey with you and help somebody else be better. The best way to make you better is to help somebody else be better. And the Scrooge mentality of our generation is, you know what? I've been hurt enough. I've been, I've been, this has happened to me enough. I'm just going to keep what I got and I'm just going to hoard it all up. If you're not careful, we can become critical. We can, be, we can neglect that which is most important in life. We see money and, and the things that it can buy. We see, we see uh, 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 our time and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and we need to understand something that we're not careful. That spirit of Scrooge can get, it can hijack our life. Not just at Christmas time, but, but all the time. Amen. And while we're in this journey of trying to have a faith, have faith in God and faith in people and faith in life, uh, this spirit of Scrooge can hijack our lives. And, 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 and you know what? Christmas is exactly what, what, it, what, what, it, what it is, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a celebration of the birth of Jesus. It's, I love to give gifts. I love to get gifts. I love all that. But let me tell you what. If, if I don't get anything this year, if I can just realize what he came to this earth for, he shed his blood for me, Brother Donnie. He died for my sins. Hallelujah. He made a way that I didn't have to be a sinner. He made a way that I could make heaven my home. Many people, Christmas stopped being about Christ a long time ago. Now it's about indulgence, extravagance. I don't have the money to get it for the kids or my, my loved one. Let's just go in debt and get it. If I can't afford to get it, I can't, don't got the credit to get it, well, I'll just be depressed and not enjoy none of it. It's not about that, folks. It's not about materialism. It's not about money. It's not about me. It's not about myself. It's not about how. The Christmas story is very opposite. The Christmas story is about the one who left all his riches. He left, he left all his glory. Brother Donnie, he left all that. He came and he gave them up. He came and was born in a stable. He was born in a manger among the animals, for goodness sake. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes that was lying around and he's the one who came not to be served but to serve that is the certainty that is the surety of what Christmas present is all about once Christmas present showed Mr. Scrooge what his present was like what his past had turned him into Then comes the final spirit, the spirit of Christmas future. The spirit of Christmas future had no face and it did not speak. All it done was merely point. Scrooge looks to where that spirit is leading him. And he sees the Cratchit family once again in his future. This time they were worn down in their struggle against poverty. Now they're without Tiny Tim who had died for lack of proper medical care. The spirit takes Scrooge and takes him to visit the house of the man who had died in his sleep. There was a maid and a cleaner that were dividing up the belongings of this person before the undertaker arrives to take his body. And the maid um, cleaner that was talking 
There's two associates out in the street that were discussing whether to even have a funeral at all since they didn't expect anybody to even bother to come to this funeral. Who is this man? Asked Scrooge. The, lead, the spirit leads him to the grave whose headstone bears the name of Ebenezer Scrooge. No doubt you've seen it, you've read it, you've heard it. But it is a chilling reminder that nobody lives forever. That the journey of this life is brief. The Bible said that 1 Chronicles 29, 15, our days on earth are as a shadow. James talks about it being a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. This is the life-changing moment when Scrooge understands that it's now and ever in his life. He was known as a pity teacher, mean, hateful, self-centered old miser. That's Scrooge. That's why people think you ever somebody had somebody call you Scrooge before? Well, that's what they were meaning about you, that you was just a Money miser, mean, hateful, self-centered old miser. No one really wanted anything to do with him. In the end, his own family didn't even care to be around him. All that he had worked for were good at doing then. No kids, no family. No one at his funeral. No one cared that he even died. He would die miserable and alone. And his life would have counted for nothing at all. But the promise of Christmas past and the certainty of Christmas present, Brother David, means that your Christmas future, folks, it's not written yet. Amen. You see, Jesus comes to transform our life. He come to make us into a new creature. To take away our heart of stone. And to give us a heart of flesh. The good news of Christmas is that we can learn from the past. To change in our present. So that you and I can have a better future. That's the whole purpose of what Christmas is about. Whatever our past has been. Because of the real Christmas story. Because God himself came as an infant child, we can have a better future. Scrooge considered the ghost of Christmas future to be the most frightening of all. Most of us are scared of the future. We're frightened of the unknown. The uncertain. But I want to tell us today, just as we look back at our past, we look back to that first Christmas when God was born, wrapped himself in flesh, became our Savior. Every Christmas we look forward to Christmas future, to that time that we know Jesus is going to come again. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. One day Jesus is going to return to take us home with him. That is the hope of Christmas future, folks. There is a hope for us. Today, I do not care what your past is, and it doesn't matter to me what your present is. We can take what was happened before our past, apply it to our present, and God will give us a new future. I want to bring this to a close for today. At the heart of a Christmas carol, the classic story, lies the transformation of Scrooge. Through the encounter of his past and his present, and what his future was looking to be, Scrooge was changed from a selfish, greedy, bitter old man. And he became grateful. He became very generous. He became very compassionate. On that Christmas Eve, he is confronted by the reality of who he is and where he's headed. And he responds by changing his way. He, he repents and he changes his destiny. Today, Jesus has invited every one of us to have the same thing in our life. Matthew 11, 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you are, are that labor a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Revelation 3, 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will come to me. Come on, he's still, he's still here today calling. And, and what better time than Christmas to receive Forgiveness and a, and a renew of our faith to, to rebuild our, our friendships with people around us. Uh, uh, come on, there's a Scrooge in all of us that needs to be repented of today. But the good news of Christmas is that we can learn from our past. Come on. Somebody says, oh, I can't learn from my past. Let me tell you what. If a dog can learn, so can you and I. All right? Come on, if a dog can learn from him, you know, he does something, we scold him or something happens, you know, dog can learn. Even them stubborn cats can learn a little bit too, you hear me? It's a little harder but for a cat to learn it, but even they know better. Surely, goodness, we're not going to let an animal outdo us. It's not too late. We can, listen, here's the key word, we can choose. Everybody say choose. We can choose to change. Whatever our past has been, we can have a better future. Scrooge learned his lesson very well. When he was given a second chance, and to my opinion, it's, it's the best part of this entire story. I, I, I remember... I've never read it. I'd like to actually read it. The Lord has given me such a hunger to read lately. I read just even, I want to just pick it up and read it. I watched the cartoon of it. I watched the classics of it. I watched all of it. But 
But when he was given the second chance, it's my favorite part of the story. When he realizes, he runs to the window and, and he screams out, what day is it? And he realizes that it's Christmas. And all of a sudden, he begins to throw money all over the place. And he, he, and he runs to the Cratchit's home. And he takes him a big turkey. And he, he tells them, we're going to take care of Tiny. But something happened inside us. I know it's a, it's a story. And it's not what really... It, it, it's just—it's a fictional story. I understand that, but it also represents a story of many people. People that's sitting in this building today. You've heard the story of Brother David. How he said, "You know what? I was that man that would sing you down the road if you come knocking on my door to invite you to church." But today, he's here with his wife that's unable to be making the house of God. He come today by himself, where before that she used to have to come to church by herself. You know what? It changes us. It'll change our life. It will let Jesus change our life, and we'll let Him come in our life. And, and this bitter old man all of a sudden something he understood the value of life and the joys of life and he learned to truly love and if you won't let God he'll let us learn what the joys of life is really about it's about loving and you know what I'm sorry things happen in your life I'm sorry if you've made a mistake guess what I have too I'm sorry if somebody else has hurt you guess what I've been hurt too but let me tell you what we just got to understand that God gives us a better future and that's what Christmas is all about We need to let God's spirit, the only ghost there really is, the Holy Ghost, come and change our life. We can be busy by God's spirit this Christmas, every Christmas, every day, because he never stops reaching us. He'll never stop reaching you. His spirit will point us to the only path that we have for a second chance. It was Jesus that said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you want to make this Christmas one to remember, then we need to ask Jesus to forgive us You may need to ask yourself. You may need to forgive yourself. See, here's the problem sometimes. Sometimes it's not that we're not asking Jesus to forgive us. We're saying, Jesus, will you forgive us? But then we're not willing to forgive someone else. Amen. And then sometimes, Brother Donnie, we just need to ask ourselves, say, say I forgive myself. Forgiveness is the key. Listen, forgiveness is the key to get beyond your past. It's the key. The only way you'll get beyond your past, no matter what hurt, no matter what pain you've had, is called forgiveness. That bitter divorce you've been through, you forgive that ex-spouse and move on. That one that violated your body, you forgive that individual and you go forward. Or maybe it's perhaps yourself. You've done something that you feel like screwed your entire world up. Maybe you just need to look and say, look, I forgive you. Now let's go on and let's live. Because when you harbor unforgiveness in your spirit, what you're doing is you're living in the past. And you can never get to the future. Living in the past.
but you don't understand. This is who I am. Oh, it may be. And I close with these scriptures today. I don't care if if, if you look in the mirror and you see this person that's despicable, you see this person that that like this person cannot change. Yes, it can. Amen. Because Jesus said in John 3 and 5, he said, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except the man is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He said, you can be born again. You may look at something in the mirror and think, that is a hideous, horrible person, no matter whether it was somebody else's fault or you feel like it's somebody else's fault or you feel like it's your own fault. You're seeing this hideous, horrible person. But Jesus gives us an answer. You know, I hear all these people now, especially in this uh, uh the homosexual agenda that we got in this world out here say, look, I was born this way. Now, I don't think anybody was born that way. I think you choose that. But in case you think you were born that way, and I don't think nobody's here today that way, but I'm just trying to make a point. In case you think they think they were born that way, Jesus had an answer for you. He said, you can be born again. <laughs> and Brother Donnie, when we're born again, all things become new. Everything. Everything about your life. And Peter gave us the recipe for it in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is how your transformation of being born again takes place. We repent. You know, when we repent, we repent. We say, God, I'm sorry. We tell ourselves we're sorry. We tell anybody else we're sorry. And we get our heart clean. The old man dies. And then we got to do something with that dead person. That's why we go in the tank of baptism. I talked about it earlier. We get in that tank and we, we go down in the name of Jesus Christ. When we go down in the name of Jesus, that, that scripture I just quoted, for the remissions of sin, that's where the blood purchases you. That blood cleanses you. That old man is washed away. And then God says, you know what? Now that I'm going to give you new breath for your life. And he breathes into you the breath of God. And you, you begin to speak with a new tongue and the Holy Ghost. God fills you with the Holy Ghost. And that, my friend, is the real Christmas carol. A carol, what is a carol? A carol is a song. A carol is a chorus. And that is what Christmas sings to us today. Jesus came that you and I could be born again. Stand with me today. Very thankful to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm thankful that you're here. God is so good. Today, I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what, um, where you're at in your life and what you got going on. Today, I'm telling you, you can get beyond your past. And God can help you and bring you into a new future. I wonder if we could pray today. The altars are open. You're welcome to come pray if you'd like. If you need to repent, it'd be a good time to pray to repent. Whatever you have need of today, pray at this altar. Pray at your seat. Seek God.
And let him help us today. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all you've done, God, all you're going to do in our lives.